I'm Aaron Sagers, and this is Talking Strange. Aloha, spooky nerds, and welcome to Talking Strange, a paranormal pop culture show with the Den of Geek Network. As always, I'm your host, Aaron Sagers, journalist, author, researcher, of all things weird. Currently, I can be seen on Travel Channel and Discovery Plus's Paranormal Caught on Camera. New episodes dropping each Thursday. And we're filming more for a sixth season already. So that's good news. And the guest today is a gentleman that I have had the fortune of hosting for at both New York Comic Con, I believe it's San Diego Comic Con, for a show he created, the horror comedy. Stan Against Evil, which ran for three seasons. And you will quickly tell that he is, he definitely has a strong and developed horror DNA and also a bizarre sense of comedic timing, which I love. He is a comedian, he's an actor, he's a writer. He was a writer and performer on the Ben Stiller show. He has been for a long time part of the Simpsons creative team. He appeared on Parks and Rec, Seinfeld, and also on, we've had Greg Nicotero on this show, and he's been on Creep Show on Shudder, and something that I love about him is he adapted Rod Serling's original Planet of the Apes script for Boom Comics, and he does the Dana Gould Hour podcast, which is incredibly produced and a lot of work, and also the Cinemorph newsletter where he just geeks out about uh, obscure horror and so he's a nerd he's one of us and without further ado let me bring him in dana hey God. do you hear that you'd think i would be productive and yet i why do i still hate myself I, <laughs> well i think because you're a creative that just comes with the deal <laughs> yeah that could be true <laughs> so you you most recently you have been you've been are you're involved with so many things but wow. you of course just wrapped the second season of Hanging with Dr. Z on YouTube, which is a talk show version, a, a 70s talk show starring Dr. Zayas as the host from Planet of the Apes. Not Maurice Evans, but Dr. Z. No. Yeah. With guests Pat Oswalt, Weird Al Yankovic, Janet Varney, Will Forte, a lot of folks. Yeah. The <laughs> It's definitely a concept that seems like it started as a joke, and then you let the joke go on too long. Well put. Uh, well put. Um, yeah, I had done I, the origin of it. I'll try to give you the telescope version. Uh, the origin of it was a sketch I wrote for the Ben Stiller show in 1992. Uh, and it was Planet of the Apes, the musical, a commercial for the show. Before The Simpsons did it. Mm -hmm. But... I had nothing to do with the Simpsons version and theirs was better than my version. I did go to the Simpsons later, but those are yeah. parallel and unconnected. Uh, I believe David Cohen was heavily involved in the Simpsons version. Uh, we, the Ben Stiller show uh, got, and, and then there was another sketch with it that was Dr. Zayas doing a one man show about Mark Twain. These are like commercials for plays that were coming through town. You know how they do that one. Right. Hamilton comes to town, they do a commercial for it. 
and I only wrote it because I wanted to do eight makeup and be in it and do it. You know, it's the only reason you write stuff is to be in it and do it. Uh, we got canceled before the, we got a chance to do the sketch. Cut to 10, 20 years later, it was 2010 or something. I was talking to John Hodgman, who was doing a, a, an, an internet thing about Dr. Zaves with Mark Twain, because he found a picture of, uh, he found a picture of uh, one of the actors from Planet of the Apes. It wasn't Maurice Evans. It oh. was uh, the actor that played the president of the assembly, James Whitmore, right. reading Mark Twain's biography. And he was like, somebody send me Dr. Zayas doing Mark Twain. Nobody could do it. We were talking about something on the phone completely unrelated. And I said, that's so funny. I wrote that sketch 100 years ago. He said, well, do you want to do it for my show at Sketchfest? And my first response was like, no, <laughs> it sounds like a lot of work. Um, but then like, I thought like, well, no, I have access. I'm friends, as you said, I'm very good friends with Greg Nicotero and his special effects company, KNB effects. Um, uh, they're all my friends. And, and I got greedy as a comedian because I wanted to hear that laugh. You know, like I knew when I walked out on, I knew two things. When I walked out on stage, there would be a laugh. And then when they realized that it wasn't a crappy mask, that it really was the actual makeup from the movie and that they really were seeing Dr. Zayas live, that there would be a much bigger laugh. And I got very greedy to get that. And so I called Greg and we hooked it up and we ended up doing it. And you can see that on YouTube. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, um, and, and then it just kind of, rolled on from there where I would do an appearance of Dr. Zayas at like, uh, like my friends would do like a political benefit and I would host it as Dr. Zayas. And then AMC called me, a uh, yeah. classic movies called me and said, uh, we're doing Planet of the Apes as a fathom event. Could Ben Mankiewicz interview you as Dr. Zayas? And I was like, yes. <laughs> and, and that was where the character started to form of him being this sort of showbiz raconteur who just knew everybody and had been everywhere. And that's really where the character kind of developed. The, and, and, and to it. Yeah. It, it's so the, the Simpsons episode, a fish called Selma, that was 95, oh. 96, I think. Yeah. So I wasn't there that, yeah, you weren't there yet, but you had already written it. So you, you got there first, even though the sketch didn't air first. Yeah, and uh, that happened. I mean, that happened. Yeah. That happens. The ideas are, you know, yeah. don't have to be, Hanging with Dr. Z is an incredibly obscure idea. Planet of the Apes, the musical is not. <laughs> why, as far as characters, why Dr. Why, why Dr. Zayas as opposed to a Cornelius or a, you know. Great question. Great question. Because as a kid, my favorite character was Caesar. Like from, you know, Conquest yeah. is like a 12 year old boy made into a movie. It's just like apes and shooting guns. It's brilliant. Um, but for some reason, because Dr. Zayas is so arrogant as a character, I mean, he's basically Mitch McConnell, mm -hmm. um, that, uh, that I found it, I, I just, in the, in the timber of his voice, it was just funny to me. It just, it just like to see that kind of arrogant, Cornelius is a very sort of timid character right. and, uh, and, and, so, and, and, and quiet and reserved. And, uh, and Dr. Zayas is much more flamboyant 
and uh, and just orange, you know, it's just like really uh, bright and big. And because he wasn't my favorite character as a kid, I I think kids gravitate towards the chimpanzees in those movies because they're kind and, you know, <laughs> um, but uh, uh, yeah, Dr. Zay is just sort of fit. It's like in Star Wars, like if you were going to have a Star Wars character host a talk show, you would go to Darth Vader because he's the most interesting. Like, I'd much rather see Darth Vader guest host the Tonight Show than Luke Skywalker. Right. You know, the oh man, the Mitch McConnell comment though. I mean, because Doctor Doctor Z kind of look like <laughs> is 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 more likable at least. Yes, he's, he's <laughs> as a host. And it's, yes, it's and and that's an interesting uh, story. And I have to give credit to my friend Rob Cohen, who uh, created the show with me, and uh, and another friend of ours named Pete Aronson. All of those people were also involved in, in Stand Against Evil. And and Rob and I were uh, office mates on the uh, Ben Stiller show. I, I, we go back that far. Um, and uh, we, Rob had the idea during the pandemic, let's do it as a talk show. Um, we can do it as green screen, so it's COVID safe. We were, you know, the pandemic had been going on for a while and we were, right. we lived near each other and we were bored out of our skulls. Um, and so it, it came out of that and it was, it was Rob's idea. Um, and as, so we described it to our friends as uh, it's between two ferns, but I'm a, an orangutan, <laughs> but outside of that, it's, it's just between two ferns. And, but, and Janet Varney, my, the co-star of Standing Against Evil right. was the first guest. And I'm really grateful it was Janet. Um, for, for, for many reasons. Um, we started like between two ferns with it being very passive aggressive and cutty, you know, and it just didn't feel right to me. One, I'm not good at that. It's not my personality. And, and it didn't feel true to the character. And then Rob Cohen wrote on a big piece of poster board and put it right out of my eye line, Sammy. Cause he's Sammy Davis jr. Yeah. It's just, it's not crappy. It's everybody's the greatest. You know, every guest he has is his favorite guest. Every, you know, it's like, it's, it's just that great. And that's where the 70s vibe really came from. It was just like, it's back when, when, when before showbiz was, I can swear on this, right? Yeah. It's before showbiz was shitty. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just like, no, everybody loves everybody. It's like, am I, you're, the, you're the greatest guest I've ever had until the next guest. And then they're the greatest guest I've ever had. And I just found that one because it was, you know, it was a very, it was the, it was before the election. It was the pandemic. It was a very plangent, unpleasant time. And I just loved the, the breath of fresh air that was just like, it was just positive and friendly and, and, and it was just a great place to go comedically. And the, and the character boy, like, you know, when you go to get your glasses fixed and they get the right prescription on that little thing and it just click and you know it right away. It was like that. And the great thing about Janet is she's such a good improviser. She's so facile that we were neck and neck. Like we, we both felt it immediately and just ran with it. You know, a, a, a lesser skilled performer wouldn't have caught it that quick. And I was really glad Janet, Janet can, can really throw a fastball. So I was really lucky. Yeah, it's amazing that it sounds like it was developing as as it was, you were shooting as you were going together. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. The 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 era of showbiz of these talk show hosts, it was 
it seemed like a time when, yeah, where they could talk about the their excesses and yeah. these over the top gatherings and parties and whatnot going, yeah. you know, going to the Playboy Mansion and hanging out at the grotto. They could bring <laughs> you into these these behind the scenes stories and yet somehow make it feel like you're you're part of it. Yeah. Which, I, I, yeah. It's, it which was, is just this incredible thing. But for you, it was less controlled. It was less yeah. micromanaged than, and and yeah, the the reason that it's set in sort of in sort of a time bubble. I mean, the, the guests are contemporary. The references here, um, but, but we just had this theory that like everybody in show business is still alive. Yeah, um, and I loved that. I mean, it's also the era of talk shows that I grew up in, like as a teenager, as a kid in the seventies and late 70s, early 80s. And the it was less micromanaged and controlled than talk shows are today. And, you know, like Johnny Carson would talk about getting an offender bender or whatever, 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. And and I, that's what I loved. I wanted it to be really loose. And I just loved those. Like when Orson Welles would go on Merv Griffin or something, he would just talk about, you know, Joe Cotton and I went over to Susie Fischette's house. And Mike Farrell came by on a unicycle. Who rides a unicycle, really? I mean, it was just, I just love it. It's like it's just like high school. They're all friends. They all know each other. I just thought that was <laughs> yeah, yes. And uh, I mean, I just the idea of um, I don't remember. I like it was. It, it's something like I have a nostalgia for a time I didn't really live in. And me, me too. Me too. Yeah. By the way, like, <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, my favorite era, uh, like pop cultural era, is like 1966. Like the '60s, just before they got spooky. Yeah. And uh, I was two. I have no memory of it. <laughs> yeah, but I just I, I love that. I love that era. Who? So I'm thinking of another comedian that. So I when I when I listen to some of your references, I also sort of think, and I mean this as a compliment of Conan O'Brien, another. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're very. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So someone that he'll just like throw out these uh you know Carson getting a fender bender out on his way to get a uh, funky sure, yeah, banana yeah. at the the fun fun club or whatever you know yeah, it's yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. who, who are the comedians that because I feel like this is a very specialized set of humor that you can talk about some of these actors and these talk show hosts. Who are the comedians that you can do this with and do oh, these sure. deep dives and not many and, and they'll get it. They'll pick up on I'm what gonna, you're doing. I'm going to betray a confidence. I hope the people involved are, are OK with it. Um, uh, I'm on a, an email chain of like minded people uh, that deals specifically with this stuff yeah. all the time. Uh, Conan. Uh, I suspected uh, you were on that list. I know about this yeah. list. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm in that list. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Uh, Conan, Patton, uh, Scott, uh, Alexander, Larry Karaszewski, Drew Friedman, the cartoonist, uh, the actor, uh, Stephen Weber, the actor Richard Kind. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I don't want to betray a lot of confidences, but yeah, I'm a part of that. I'm a part of that uh, herd. Yeah. <laughs> How did, you hear? How did you hear about that? I think Conan actually mentioned it on his podcast. He, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He didn't yeah, mention you, but you just pick up on the beats, the rhythms of, of, of comedy. Yeah, I heard, and I heard I, him talking about like two o'clock in the morning. It's so, and, and you know, it's funny, the, fa the fastest people on that are not famous comedians. It's like, in terms of like obscure references, 
Cliff Nesteroff, who wrote the book, The Comedians, Drew Friedman, the cartoonist, and, uh, and, and probably Scott Alexander of, of uh, Alexander Karasuski, the screenwriters, are bullwhips mm-hmm. in terms of like obscure references. I, I can't even uh, come close. Well, what makes for, I guess when you were, when you were reaching out to your friends, because I get the sense that a lot of your guests on oh, they're all Dr. Z, all friends, yeah, yeah, yeah. do they? people who mistakenly picked up the phone. <laughs> Yeah, were they that that's that's the question is were any of them a harder sell on this than other were they just like all right this is very much a Dana thing we're gonna do it no, or- no, they, they were all great they're like what great <laughs> yeah it was it was it was uh it was terrific and and you know they're really everybody uh uh comes to play you know and 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 uh and sometimes I'm surprised at like how like I know Patton's going to be like, I know Patton is going to be perfect. Right. I know, I know Bobcat is going to, I mean, I, I, I talk to Bobcat every day, an hour a day. Anyway, it's, it's like, like, I know he's going to get, well, you just, you um, did the, the, the comedy tour. Yeah, we did Joyride together. Documentary. Yeah. Joyride. Yeah. 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 And, 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 uh, one of my favorite segments of the show is, it was a, a Bob episode where we just do a deep dive into Elvis's chimp. Cause that's the, that, like, that's a talk show. I want to watch. I want to mm-hmm. hear about, I want to hear about scatter. I don't care about it. I don't care about the budget. Um, <laughs> I don't care about politics. Uh, I mean, I care about politics, but not in this context. Um, uh, yeah. I like weird show business stuff and, and Bob's great, but then I'll be like surprised. Like boy, weird Al Yankovic, man just nailed, like knew the tone, knew the joke, knew the, knew right where to go every time. Uh, I mean, obviously he's talented, but this is such a spooky, weird, specific thing. And he just, great. Steven Weber, who's also uh, an an emeritus of the email chain, uh, uh, completely just nailed it. Um, So it's always a pleasant surprise. The challenge for the show will be, uh, we, we are, there, there are discussions uh, that uh, to to move it off of YouTube into mm-hmm. a, a, a bigger format, a more uh, accessible format for people. Um, it involved some uh, legality because <laughs> uh, uh, Planet of the Apes is owned by Fox, which is owned by Disney. Um, but uh, th- things worked out really surprisingly well, and uh, you know it'll be interesting to uh, provided we are lucky enough to be able to. If, if we can't move it off YouTube, we will keep it on YouTube and it will come back. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if we get to expand it, uh, to open it up and to, you know, sort of D70s it and, and, and keep those things in the show, but also bring in younger guests and make it more contemporary and more uh, open to people. It'll be interesting to see if people who don't really, who only know about Planet of the Apes kind of over here, uh, still latch onto the character because I don't, I don't think you need to really be into, into it or to know about it, to like it. And, and, you know, I'm going to say 80% of the people that liked Austin Powers had never heard of beyond the Valley of the dolls. Yeah. (laughs) You know, you don't need to know it to like the character, you know, I think that, I think that's like cultural pop culture osmosis. The idea of, I mean, I know that when I was, I was quite young when Simpsons premiered and I was watching it and I even was, I was like, I get 
that they're referencing something here, even if I couldn't pick up on the exact nugget of it. And actually, weirdly enough, that would inspire me to go try to learn the Joker. Absolutely. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. Same thing. And and so with this, like, I, I think that there is just this kind of this absorbed cultural language that we can get into. Even if you don't know Austin Powers, you, you get the vibe, you get, you kind of tap into the joke without having lived it. Right. And so I think that's, that's interesting. Do you, have you learned something new about your guests, these friends, while you're also, you know, by happenstance, you're actually learning something about these people, you know, when you're, on in the guise of uh dr z yeah this that um uh i'm always impressed that like i spent my entire childhood sitting in my bedroom reading famous monsters magazine right and you tend to think you're the only person that does that because it's so weirdly specific uh and it turns out i'm not there's a ton of people (laughs) you know to get like i'm always like people oh no you actually know more of this stuff than i do Mm -hmm. um that's always that's always great and wonderful and um the uh, the other thing that uh, that uh, was was a was a pleasant uh, surprise is that people get it and did it like you know I know Rob Cohen understands what I'm doing and and you know my close like Ken Daly and these people that are involved in the show that are my very very close friends but uh, that uh, no that other people get it you know it's, and and then and then and that famous people that are fans uh, always astound astounds me. But I mean, you've you've learned more about your friends through these interviews when you're also. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I had I had I had no idea. I knew Stephen Weber was a great actor. I had no idea he was such an improv bullwhip, you know, so fast and so great Uh, and 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 so willing to 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 play around. Uh, and, uh, you know, the people I, like, I know Jeff Garland knows every obscure reference that I know, you know, I know, yeah. the company, you know, but, but, uh, then, uh, to, to see the other people are like, uh, Hannah Einbinder is a great, uh, is a great example of like, she had, she had an idea of what she wanted to do. And I kind of recalibrated what I was doing to, to make it work. And it was one of my favorite episodes, you know? So let me just shift gears real quickly, because I do want to ask about Stand Against Evil, uh, a show that I quite enjoyed. I think it was a really tight uh, horror comedy. I know it ended uh, after the third season. Do we anything, any movement on that? Any chance of there being a revival? We we had a fourth season in my I had I had the fourth season story in my head and we pitched it as a uh, feature to uh, one of the streamers and they, uh, they, they passed, but it wasn't, uh, it wasn't what was called a hard pass. It was more like, this isn't what we're doing right now. We're trying, I mean, right now everybody is at, and no one knows what's going on. Everybody's uh, in a, in a panic. I, I do, I would not be surprised if we got a, 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 a film. I'd love to do like a film uh, that, uh, sort of wrapped it up. It kind of ended okay, but uh, uh, I I don't think it's beyond that. I have a really funny idea of how to pick up the story. Um, and um, it wouldn't be, there are two movies that I really want to do 
Um, one is the stand against evil feature, which is, you know, we're, we're just kind of waiting for the nod. And the other is we did a, a thing for Dr. Z called Del Monte and flip flop. <laughs> with uh, was, David Keckner, right? Keckner, yeah, with Dave. And what it was is uh, it was a, like a 70s drive-in cop movie that Dr. Z starred in with Dave. And it was uh, Charlie Varick was the movie that we used for uh, Del Monte and Flip Flop. And then we were matted in. And I really want to write a feature that, 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 that does that, like um, that uses, you know, old, not unlike Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid, um, that, that, that uses the an old cop movie or, or a dozen old cop movies and puts Dr. Z and, and Dave Keckner in it and we t- and we do that movie. So it's a green screen movie, um, which you can which you can do. I think Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid did it really, really well. Yeah. Um uh, uh Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow was a completely green screen movie. 300 was basically a green screen movie. And uh my experiment to see if it would work was the season finale of season two of Creepshow, uh, where, um, oh God, I'm blanking on his name, but uh, he invents a machine and goes and lives in the movie Horror Express. Was it Justin uh, Long? Was that- Justin, 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 Justin. Right. Um, yeah, and, uh, and, and that was sort of my experiment to see if it could work. Um, and uh, I thought it was great. Yeah, yeah. That, was, that was a really great episode too. Yeah. And Craig directed the crap out of it. The, well, you know, with that in mind, I, you know, we, that, that I, was a compliment, but <laughs> yeah, 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 no, and and it was, it was, it was, it was a great episode. I, I, and I, I just overall, I've really enjoyed what Greg and Shutter and everybody yeah. has done with, with Creepshow. It's just been, yeah, I think, I think such a blast. As, I think as a friend, as Greg's friend, uh, I can say, I, I think that it's a great, relief from the uh from the walking dead only in the sense that the walking dead is you know it's ongoing story in this ongoing world and to be able to break out of that and do a different genre different characters different story different tone uh greg's really funny yeah uh and he doesn't get to do that much on twd so um i i i thought uh it's a, it's a great uh great uh relief valve for him yeah yeah, it's it is. It's more fun. I mean, I don't know him like you do, but I yeah. I get that sense that it's fun. So yeah, let me he's ask you. Super funny, super funny guy. Like super, super funny, super silly. So. And it also, as much as Walking Dead is is in the the zombie realm, Creep Show right. is, it's it's uh, Nicotero more in the Romero realm. You know, the yeah, the true probably. Romero. And, and yeah, and and you know he is a he is that's the world of Creep Show is more in Greg's DNA. Yeah. Than, than anything else yeah so let me ask you this you know i i said at the top i work on uh paranormal stuff i'm a huge paranormal nerd and for me it came from reading comic books reading the monster magazines and also as a kid catching reruns of in search of watching then robert stack on unsolved mysteries and then the time life mysteries of the unknown and then of course i don't even know when i first was and i'm a big zony I'm a big uh, Serling sure. fan and Night you know Gallery I, fan. You know who I just met? Who? At, uh, at um, Monster Palooza? Oh. Uh, Mark Zakri. The, the Twilight Zone companion. Just met him yeah. for the first time. 
so for you and Kolchak, who who the the first you I know you kind of had some call outs to Kolchak and oh yeah uh, stand no, against I, evil yeah do you and, and I'm interviewed on the Kino Lorber uh, re release of the Kolchak series they, oh they I didn't know that re- yeah they did a remastered. They did a remastered version of uh, of the Cold Shot. They cleaned it up, and uh, Kino Lorber uh, released it. And there are two interviews. Again, it's one of those things like you go, "Oh, maybe I, maybe I have made it." I can't tell. Uh, the two interviews are me and David Chase, who uh, yeah, uh, that was his first job, and then he created The Sopranos, just a little show, um, <laughs> but uh, it was his first job, and it, it, it's very it's it's a very funny story. If you have it second, I'll tell it. Yeah, um, I was walk my my ex wife uh, when we were married was a, a work for an agency and uh, called UTA and David was a client David Chase and so height of the Sopranos we're going to the Emmy Awards and I'm walking in with the UTA party because I'm just the plus one I'm just my wife's date and I'm walking with David Chase and I just. You know, everybody's talking about Sopranos, 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 Sopranos. And I go, uh, it's really nice to meet you. I was just watching The Night Stalker last night. And he does this. He goes, does it still hold up? <laughs> <laughs> like, perfect writer response. Is it still good? <laughs> I was like, hell yeah, it still holds up. <laughs> <laughs> the, what... <laughs> I mean, and that was, and, by the way, that day, and again, I, I you know, it's it's always the same gang. Uh, Rob Cohen directed that episode. Rob Cohen, uh, my frequent uh, uh, creative collaborator, and um, we were like, we got because we did an X Files thing, and then I was like, well, if we have Mulder and Scully, we have to have Colshine, and boy, and they cast a great guy physically, and that guy walked on the set, and it was just electric. Like I couldn't believe it. And we were just pinching each other and we posted a, sh- a photo of it on Instagram. And there was, call Shack, call Shack, call Shack. It's incredibly obscure to culture now, but to the people that know it, you know, it's, it really rings a bell. Well, it's they like, tried to. It's like the, it's like the Kinks. You yeah. know, it's like, it's not the Beatles, it's not the Who, but the people that know about the Kinks are so into the Kinks. Well, they tried to bring it back a couple of years ago with the reboot, I guess. Awful. Yeah, it's <laughs> and and it's like I never want to disparage someone else's project, but I miss the spirit of what Kolchak. Yeah, and it was and to his uh the the gentleman that did it was well, the X Files and I read I read I mean he just got networked. Yeah. Um, you know, they said like literally the day before the pilot started filming, we don't want monsters in it. It's like, what? You know, and it's literally, it was just like one of those things. And it was like, then you don't want to do the show. Like, yeah. Well, we're already filming it. So sort of like, we love James Bond. Could he not be a spy? No, <laughs> that's the thing. It's what he does. I, I kind of don't blame him. What was your take on, I mean, what what is your take on all this paranormal spookiness, having a lot of the same Serling, Kolchak uh, DNA? What Does any of it, fascinate you in a real world setting do you believe there are things going bump in the night as bigfoot out there is oh well some of it is uh my um i i'm uh what's the word i guess i'm agnostic about it like i in terms of extra terrestrials i don't even think it's a 
question anymore. I mean, <laughs> you know, and, and, and just like if, if, if you are a, uh, if you are a, 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 if you're a rational person, uh, the, the math alone says that it's nearly impossible for us to be the only four, you know, it's like, it's just, um, and, uh, no, I, I love it. I mean, like, uh, I'm, I don't, I don't disbelieve anything out of hand. Uh, and, and a lot of it is just, it's, it's fun. I mean, I like, you know, it's like Bigfoot. I, I, I hope it's true cause it's fun. Um, I don't believe in, you know, it's like, you know, the, the problem is the slippery slope. Then you get into anti-vaxxing and all that stuff. It's like, you know, like, like anytime somebody thinks that the government is like my, and I had this argument with my brother, you know, it's like, you know, my brother thinks that the same people that run the post office and the DMV are involved in a massive elaborate conspiracy. <laughs> Have you tried to buy stamps, buddy? <laughs> yeah. Just the, the, Believing that there's that much cohesiveness and communication between yeah. bureaucracies, yeah, that's that's paranormal to me. Yeah. I mean, have I'm, you ever tried to organize a dinner? You know, right? <laughs> like, I, you know, there's it's conspiracy theories is now kind of this very ugly thing because it we because because of the political, not even political, just the 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 radical crazy crackpot connections to it. Yeah. Whereas it used to be, okay, fine. You know, okay. We want to talk about, uh, uh, the moon landing. Okay. Uh, uh you want to talk about yeah, it's the, the art bell of it all. The art, yeah, the art yeah. yeah. The art bell of it all. That's right. I, but now it's just associated too much with insurrection. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Guys with an armory. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah exactly. Um, no, I, I do. I, I mean, I've had paranormal experiences that are, are uncanny. I've had things that are, you know, and uh, yeah, I, I hope it's true. And, and you talked about like the, the, the Twilight Zone and, and those things. Uh, I don't know. It, it, it was like the it was like if you read about I think they were called the Southern California Sorcerers. And it was this group of writers in the late 50s and early uh, in the 50s and 60s. Serling. Bradbury, Matheson, uh, George Clayton Johnson, all, all the zone guys, um, uh, Ellison. Uh, they, it was one of those things like the Beatles and the Stones and the Kinks coming up at the same time doing, it's like you get these pockets of creativity and a scene happens. And a lot of people have the same idea at the same time. And they are of a level of talent that they can make it happen. And, it, you know, it's like those guys, the Southern California Sorcerers influenced what we saw in terms of science fiction and fantasy on television and films for the latter half of the 20th century. I mean, it, all of the great stuff goes back to those, that very small group of people. And um, in the same way that the, you know, the Beatles and the Stones and the Who, there's still the imprint on, on music is so strong. Uh that uh, it, 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 it's, uh, it's, it, it's like, it's like a body of water. It's like, yeah, the, all the, the rivers and tributaries go back to the same main source and then they go off and they find their own way. You know, even Stephen King was influenced is, is a descendant of Richard Matheson, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I can't let you go without doing a follow up on that question. You can't just say I've had, paranormal experiences and not expect me to follow up with <laughs> you're going to have to tell me at least something okay all right um 
my my mom uh, uh, is is very much into uh, uh, w- uh, you know astrology and witchcraft and spooky stuff, uh, and uh, as is my uh, soon to be second wife. No need for Freud here. Um, and uh, uh, I bought my mom this stat. You know those, have you ever seen those like, you know, like uh, Christmas tree show, kind of like they sell like the little figures of Halloween figures, like the little kids trick-or-treating. I don't know. It's like a, it's an oldie timey country farmhouse kind of novelty shop. And they had the statue of a witch that looked, looked like my mother. It was a sweet older woman in a witch's outfit. And I bought one for my mother. And, uh, and then I got, I go, God, it looks so much like mom. I'm going to buy one for myself. So I bought two and I have it in, uh, in my, in our living room over by the fireplace. Uh, my mother now has, uh, has dementia and is, uh, is, um, lives in a facility and doesn't, and doesn't know me. Um, and I was thinking one, I was just thinking one day, like, you know, Something happened, and I really wanted to call her and tell her. And like, oh, she would love this, but she couldn't do it, you know. Um, and I was just thinking about her in that way. And then uh, the next morning, the the statue of the witch was had not been knocked over and was in the middle of the floor. But there was no way anything could have done that. That is that's creepy and cool. Yeah, it's like I. All I'm saying is that's what happened. Right. <laughs> I'm not saying her ghost came because she's not dead. But uh, yeah, it was very, it was very, very weird. I mean, we could go into a lot of theories associated with that on a on another time. But yeah. doesn't. But, I, but I, 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 again, just mathematically, and this is this is my take. With I don't want to you know keep you. But, no, um, no, please. Uh, this is my take with any form of fundamentalism. And I say this to fundamentalist atheists who I know um, that are staunch atheists. But what you're basically saying is, you think you know what happens after you die. You're an idiot. I know what happens, nothing. It's like, well, you're just as you know, I, the, the, the analogy that I always use is my dog cannot, can, and, and, and the room in which that happened is, was gated off. So my dog did not do it. Right. Um, my dog cannot conceive of my computer, but they can be in the same room at the same time. You know, in the same way that there can be stuff that I am right around, right in the middle of, of which I can have absolutely no conception. My what I and people have heard me say this many times because I don't know what the hell is going on. I don't deal. I, I, you know, it's, there's no rule book that's come back to my knowledge, but I feel like it's kind of like, I don't, if, if there's a spectrum of what's going on on one hand, if it's people that have absolute dogmatic certainty and belief. And on the other hand is absolute cynicism. I don't feel like either of those places are really good for me, but there's a lot of middle ground. There's a lot of space in between for possibility as well as bad wiring and leaky faucets, you know? Yeah. 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 So who knows what's happening? Yeah, exactly. 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 Yeah. And a lot of it is it's fun. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, 
I, I'm sad that I never got to truly meet. Well, I never met Sterling, but I've met some of his students and I've never met, uh, didn't truly meet Nimoy. It was, I had a virtual thing with him, like a, uh, like a Skype thing, but those guys, that's those, those would be the ones that I wish I could go back and chat with. He glared at me once. Nimoy? (laughs) Yes. I did stand up at the Saturn Awards once. And it was right around the time when there was, it was at the pool, there was like Voyager had come on and there was just too much bad Star Trek. Right. And I made a comment about like, I'm, you know, Voyager's on Deep Space Nine is on TNG, just, you know, and then I was like, I know they have Star Trek, the odd couple is coming up soon. And just, I just kind of like, and as I walked up, he was standing there talking to Robert Wise, and they both looked at me like I had just vandalized their car. <laughs> I just kept walking. <laughs> I mean, or, or, kudos for kudos for having the very timely odd couple and Star Trek reference. <laughs> and then on the oh yeah, and, and uh, Scotty yelled at me once too. I was at uh, I was on the Ben Stiller show, and we had James Doohan on the show because Ben's a big Star Trek. Big Star Trek. Ben has the Gorn head, and uh, it's uh, it's in Tropic Thunder. If you look in uh, the agent's office in the background, the Gorn head. Is yeah, there. I uh, didn't know that, but that's fascinating. Yeah, it's, it's the original. It's the real yeah. one. It's, it's Ben's owns it, and um, uh, so we had James doing in the show, and it was right after William Shatner had done the SNL Get a Life. Right. Yeah, and I said. Uh, Man, that get a life sketch was really funny, and he just goes, "Yeah, well, I know about a million and a half Star Trek fans didn't think it was that funny." <laughs> well, I'll go fuck myself. How about that? Why don't they do that right now? <laughs> uh, well, you know, it's you know, it's good to be yelled at by Scotty. I think I think that's a badge of honor. You've got two yeah. original uh, Trek. Uh, crew members that have either glared or given you a little <laughs> yeah. bit of shit. And I, so. and I, yeah. And I did, uh, uh, I had a lovely uh, experience with George Takai. Um, uh, I had a lovely experience with uh, Patrick Stewart, although I didn't meet him. Uh, and uh, I was, I, this is a terrible story. It's like, uh, I walked on stage at the improv. I was introduced to do stand up, walked out on stage, looked out into the audience, Patrick Stewart. Who do you not want to bomb in front of more than Patrick Stewart? Um, and I literally could not look at him. I went everywhere in the audience but him. And then I was told later that he was, uh, somebody's going, no, he was laughing the whole time. He was laughing his butt off. I was like, okay, good. Then he did so funny. Good. <laughs> Especially because I hear he's a terrible heckler. So if you had really been going down, <laughs> throw beer at me. <laughs> Shakespearean level heckler. Yes. He... Forsooth. <laughs> No, no, no. Uh, uh, Well, I'm going to I'm going to let you go. But we know that we have more uh, hanging with Dr. Z at some point in some format. Absolutely. On the way. It is not over. uh, It is not over. And if yeah. And if you like the Danny Gould Hour podcast, uh, which I do uh, once a month. And uh, but it's, you know, it's 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 called the Danny Gould Hour, but it's usually between two and three hours long. I do one a month. That's how I do them. You know, it's like, I, I, you know, I, that's how I do them. And, and then uh, I have a, a newsletter called uh, The Cinemorph that's just a twice-weekly newsletter that you can sign up at danagould.bulletin.com. 
And it's just my stuff that I'm in movie crap that you didn't know. Uh, the last one I wrote was, you know, it's a thousand words twice a week. And it's just weird stuff that you may or may not have known. For example, Alfred Hitchcock was obsessed with Tippi Hedren and uh, she spurned his advances and he got her back by in the filming the birds, uh, the scene in the the scene in the attic where she's attacked by birds. Five solid days of Alfred Hitchcock throwing birds at Tippi Hedren, just to tormenting she, her. Yeah, five days of birds thrown at you to the point that she just said, "I'm done." And that was one story. And the next story is about how she then went on and produced one of the most dangerous animal movies of all time, Roar. Right. <laughs> so her lesson was not learned. Well, it wasn't a bird. She went on from birds oh, to big lion. cats. Yeah. 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 Devon had half his head torn off. Yeah. I, which they captured on film, right? Yes. Oh, it's yes. madness. People who don't know about Roar, it's madness. And I just do like, I'm doing a section now about nature's revenge films in the 70s. You know, Frog, Squirm, Food of the Gods, the, uh, Day of the Animal. You know, just like, it's just, you know, a cult movie crap to read on the toilet. The, and it's one of these. So I, I grew up in Florida and oh. and there is, I think it's Silver Springs. There's a park down there, a natural Springs park. And that's where they filmed, I forget which Tarzan movie, one of the Tarzan movies in the right. 1930s. And they brought a bunch of monkeys in and then they do. And then the, they, left. they just left. They're just like, well, you know, that's a wrap guys. Good job. Let's uh, pack it. Well, you know, uh, what about uh, the monkeys? Eh, yeah, leave them. Yeah. And they can they populated continue to live and they are aggressive little MFers that can, yeah and and just the fact that now Florida is populated by monkeys because of Tarzan from yeah. the 1930s it's yeah there's some story about a guy I was a soldier in the Philippines or something and he had a pet snake that he brought and somehow it, it's and then this little island that had no snakes was overrun with snakes mm -hmm. and they killed all the birds and then they imported a bunch of mongooses to kill the snakes and then they get overrun with mongoose <laughs> you know, that's like, a simpsons episode yeah no i know <laughs> i remember <laughs> uh dana hang out backstage for a minute with me okay i'm gonna wrap this up and come back to you okay okay i'll be, I'll, I'll be right back because i can step away but I'll, I'll be right all back. right Dana Gould, thank you so much. It's just it's so much fun talking with you and just nerding out about all yeah. things Hollywood and spookiness and hanging with Dr. Z. And I'll be back with you in two shakes. And guys, thank you. Uh, it, Dana Gould, <laughs> I just could really talk to him all day long. And you guys, uh, I hope that you liked this little chat. And don't forget to subscribe. Thanks for joining. Don't forget to subscribe. Download each week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can watch these video interviews at youtube.com slash us. Please give me a follow. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Patreon, at Aaron Sagers, and also at TalkStrangePod on Twitter. So until next time, be kind, stay spooky. And keep it weird. <laughs> <laughs>